Hi, this is Feed, Play, Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. Sleep. Just the word feels delicious. Sleep takes on a whole new meaning after you've had children, doesn't it? Nothing like appreciating something after it's gone. Lack of sleep can make you feel like you're moving through molasses. Your brain isn't as sharp and you start doing things like leaving the keys in the freezer. And then you read about the latest study that sleep is one of the essential human needs. Well, duh, you didn't have to tell us that. Someone who knows a thing or two about sleep, small children, and how to get more Zeds is Joe Ryan. And this is what we want to talk about, practical things that can help us. We don't want to be berated about not sleeping because we all want sleep. And Joe Ryan is here to give us a few tips, both for us and for our children. Joe is the founder of Baby Bliss. It's a parenting support service. She's also the author of the book of the same name. She has a master's of public health and was a nanny and a registered nurse for 20 years. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So it's true, isn't it, that we've got to look after both parents and children when it comes to sleep? Oh, definitely, definitely, because it impacts on the whole family. And it might sound obvious, but what are the common problems that parents and carers come to you with? Either, you know, my baby's not sleeping during the day for the younger sort of babies and they've got this tiny baby who's beside themselves but they can't get them out of their arms and they won't sleep. Every time they try to put them down, they wake up. Or for babies a little bit older, it's my baby's not sleeping through the night. They're waking every couple of hours or, you know, every hour for some babies. And what do I do? We're exhausted. So what's the first thing you say to a parent who comes to you? And I have totally been there when you're just at your wit's end and you you can't see the forest for the trees. I mean, what's the first bit of advice you give them? Well, in fact, I just got off the phone to a woman who started to cry as soon as I spoke to her. (laughs) Yep, I know know, that one. And she's like, I'm sorry, because I said to her, oh, you must be really exhausted. And so it's just having a little bit of empathy for someone's situation, you know, and understanding that sleep deprivation is just so torturous and it, it affects every aspect of our lives. So I try to sort of empathize with them and then I sort of say to them, it can get better, we can help make it better. And so I sort of try to work out what's going on and, and sort of you know what's the biggest thing. Is it that they're waking a lot overnight? Is it the fact that they're sleeping in the parent's bed? And then we try to address that. And I know each case is so individual and babies don't sleep for a whole range of reasons, but are there some basic principles that parents can put in place to help a baby sleep? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, we're all creatures of habit. And so babies really respond to ritual and they develop a sense of expectation from a very young age. So if you can set up a bedtime ritual, they start to understand it and then expect that, you know, they have their dinner, then they have a bath and they have a book, then they have their milk feed and then they get into their sleeping bag and then they go to bed. And that way, they're not surprised or confused by you putting them to bed because they're expecting that that will happen at the end of that process of events. So creating ritual around bedtime is really important. Mm, Can I just butt in and ask, what about about attitude? Because I know certainly with my daughter that I 
just came to expect that she would never sleep. And so <laughs> the few times when someone would say, oh, you know, just put her down, pat her, and then leave the room, you'd walk out and think, I don't know, that the clouds had parted and this ray of godlike sun had come down because she actually went to sleep. I mean, how much is it about our own understanding of whether a baby is able to sleep or our own attitudes towards it? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's a huge percentage because a lot of people don't understand the way babies work. And I mean, why, how would we know? We don't remember being a baby ourselves. And if you've never had an experience with young children, you don't know. So we can often set up habits that are not necessary. And so that the babies sort of start to rely on these things when they probably didn't need to. Do you know what I mean? You know, they're afraid of putting their baby down awake. So they'll always try to get them to sleep, particularly younger babies, you know, get them to sleep in their arms or feed them to sleep before they put them down. So you're never actually giving them the opportunity to put themselves to sleep. So then you are setting up a habit that they wouldn't have necessarily needed. You know? and, and speaking as someone who still sits beside my son's cot for about an hour and <laughs> yes. he's two and a half. Yes, and yes. He knows well, that is a common two and a half year old problem. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're listening yeah. to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Joe Ryan, who's the founder and author of Baby Bliss. Joe, um, I did interrupt. You were talking uh, before about sort of setting up a couple of things that help with getting a baby to sleep, like routines before bed. Yeah. yeah. What can we do in their room to make it a good space for sleeping? So I'm a big fan of making their bedroom conducive to sleep as possible. So, you know, removing distractions. Babies, particularly younger babies, you know, will be distracted by things hanging over their cots. So I don't like mobiles, brightly coloured uh, images on the walls, particularly like um, images with animals or people with eyes and faces that can kind of distract them and freak them out a bit sometimes <laughs> in the middle of the night. You freak me out. Yeah, that's right. So I know it's sort of not very exciting and no fun, but keeping it as bland as possible. What know, about just- nightlights, Joe? Because I remember one of the problems I had with a really dark room when my daughter was small was that when she'd wake up in the middle of the night, I couldn't actually see her. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know yeah, that sounds yeah. dumb. I mean, you, you find them eventually. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, look, I'm not a fan of nightlights for younger babies. I think once they get to toddlers, and their imagination develops, so they can be a bit more scared or, you know, they want to see things around them when they wake. I think that's fine. But for younger babies, apart from, you know, our necessity of being able to find the baby, I use a light on my phone, but I don't think nightlights are necessary. In fact, they can be quite distracting for younger babies. What's your advice for mothers that might breastfeed in bed, for example? So the baby's in a, maybe in a cot and they pick them up. This, I'm, again, thinking about what I used to do. So once yeah. upon a time, I used to take my daughter out into the lounge room where there was a light a lamp yeah. on yeah. and feed her and come back to bed so as not to disturb my husband. Sure. Then with my second child, I thought, bugger that. It's much easier to feed him in bed. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I got more yeah. sleep that way. Um, but it did mean that my husband was ended up sleeping a lot of the time in the other room because of needing to have that low light. I needed a light to breastfeed. Um, What's your advice in that context when you need to see what you're doing? Well, I think with your breastfeeding, yeah, you can have a a nightlight in the baby's room if the baby's in their own room and you could go in there and turn that on and feed the baby. And then turn it off and make sure. And then turn it off once you're sort of settling the baby, you know, once the feed is over. 
um, I think that that's totally fine. I mean, you need to be able to see what you're doing. Or you, what I often do is I leave the door ajar and I turn a light on in the hall or a light on ah. in the bathroom close by. So it's kind of that ambient light is just flowing into the room. So it's not directly near the baby. So it keeps them quite drowsy and sleepy. Oh, that sounds good. So we've talked a lot about babies and I did mention how my son Arlo does take a while to get to sleep at night. Do you have, um, does, does it change? Does the advice change when they get to that toddler age? Yes, definitely. So toddlers are a different kind of breed in that. Uh, <laughs> they certainly <laughs> you know, are. They're asserting their independence. They're discovering the world. You know, there's a whole lot of big dynamic changes happening for them. They can become very attached to someone being with them when they fall asleep. So again, it's about setting up ritual around that. And, you know, with toddlers, you can set up an even stronger ritual and you can get them involved in that. This is what we do before bed. We clean our teeth, we do a wee, we read a book, and then we go to bed and then I leave. So it's setting up that habit that toddlers will always try to stall or try to push (laughs) back or please, mummy, mummy, I need another hug, those sorts of things. But, you know, it's just Because they can talk. Yeah, totally. And they'll start to negotiate and that's fine. But it's just about, you know, saying, this is how we go to bed tonight. And, you know, eventually they'll stop asking if you stick with it. It's very hard to stick with it if your toddler's being upset or they're screaming or they don't want you to leave the room or they say they're scared. You know, it is very hard. And the other thing is that toddlers tend to be unbelievably cute. So oh, that's cute. what I find hard because then yeah. Arlo wants a cuddle. I'm like, sure, you want a cuddle? Yeah. I want a cuddle. Let's cuddle. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like in your situation, Siobhan, where yes. you like, you end up sitting there for hours. And <laughs> what's happening is you're losing your time for you to do stuff on your own, you know? And often it means that the child is going to bed late because they're distracted with you being in the room too. You what, know. what about when they, when toddlers, at the moment I'm quite fortunate because my son is still in his cot and he can't get out of it, but I yeah. know there will come a time when he, he is in a bed and can yeah. get out of bed yeah. and come yeah. to us. What happens if you're a parent who doesn't like your child getting into bed with you? So the first thing I would say is don't get your toddler out of the cot too early, Okay. So I think the longer you can keep them in the cot, the better. Because what happens is a lot of people move their toddlers out young, like 18 months to two years. And sometimes that's a logistical thing because they've got a new baby coming or whatever. But toddlers will lose their sense of security. A cot provides a big sense of security for them. It's very contained. They're they're secure in there. Whereas a bed is not. So if they're too young, they will start to climb out of the bed and come and find you because they realize they can. Whereas if they're older, like if they're closer to three, they're ready. It's a big kind of like, oh, I'm excited. I'm a big kid. I've now got my big bed. And they often want to stay in that bed. So I sort of tend to say to people, do whatever you can to keep them in that cot for as long as you can. Often we do concentrate on how we can help our babies and children sleep. Yeah. Given that that can fluctuate even when you get a good routine in. What kind yeah. of tips do you have for parents themselves in order to get a good night's sleep? As you know, Siobhan, as a mother, you know you never sleep that well. <laughs> no, um, very light sleeping. Yeah, very light sleeping. That's why getting kids to bed early is a good idea because then you can have your evening free. You know, not only does it impact well on their sleep, it means that you can actually wind down and have some time with your partner or on your own just to 
to relax and wind down and do stuff that you need to do or want to do. But then go to bed reasonably early, like don't faff around all night sort of doing stuff that can wait. Because we tend to get into that habit of, oh, I'll just put a load of washing on, oh, I'll just clean the thing, oh, I'll just do this, oh, I better get on the computer and do this, you know, and so it ends up being like 11.30 before you go to bed. So remember that we get great deep sleep pre-midnight, so trying to get to bed as early as possible so you can get some good quality pre-midnight sleep is always helpful. And just being able to relax and wind down a bit. And don't be running around and doing the washing at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's very good advice. So is there anything that partners can do for each other to help them sleep, both mainly when in that early phase when, for example, one parent, particularly if the mother's breastfeeding, tends to be the one that has to get up and has the whole night of broken sleep. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying that the other other partner often gets broken sleep as well. So everyone's operating on minimum sleep. Is there a way that people can work together to get the optimum sleep? Yeah, sure. I mean, I often think, like if I will go and help parents in that newborn phase, the mother will breastfeed, but then I'll take the baby and settle it. So often the partner could maybe do that. You know, the mother could breastfeed and then she can go back to sleep and then the partner could settle the baby and you could take turns on that sort of thing. Because often settling a newborn can take a little while in the middle of the night. So, um, And I think that parents get into, well, I know that my husband and I did get into at the very beginning this kind of I've had less sleep than you kind of yeah. argument, which is really a race to the bottom and nobody wins. Yeah, that's right. Whereas that's if right. we had both stood there and gone, actually, if we worked together, mm. we'd both mm. end up with more sleep, we would have been much better off and probably yeah. nicer to each other too. Yeah, but I, I do think you've got to expect that it is a very stressful time in that you are not going to get a great amount of sleep and it, you've got to adjust to that. You know, eventually your body kind of gets used to it. Yes. But that, that <laughs> first couple of weeks or, you know, that first month is kind of hell because you're just desperate babies often respond really well to father settling them because they're um you know they're stronger they've got that yeah they don't smell of the milk they sort of hold them strong they like that deep voice and so that can be really helpful and it's a nice bond for the father as well it's a lovely bond yeah absolutely so daylight savings is coming up oh yes how can we make (laughs) that transition smoothly so the week before daylight saving happens, they need to adjust their baby's bedtime by 15 minutes for two nights and then it'll be 30 minutes for two nights and then it'll be 45 minutes for two nights and then hopefully by the Saturday night they'll be going to bed at the right time, which will be an hour earlier than they normally go, but then once the daylight saving kicks in, then that will adjust to the right time. Joe, thank you so much for your, all your advice and help today. You're very welcome. That's Joe Ryan. She's the founder and author of Baby Bliss. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Feed, Play, Love.